Hey, this is Sam from Anagnorisis. This is Missy Avila from Your Chance to Die. I'm Corey Hoffing from Crimson Shadows. This is Morgan Weller from Lestrabi. Hey, this is Paul Mazurkowitz, the drummer from Cannibal Corpse, and you are listening to The Great Metal Debate. in Nashville at the Exit Inn. I'm talking to Trevor from Obituary. Trevor, welcome. How's it going, man? Thank you. It's going good. Why don't you introduce yourself, Trevor, tell what you do, and just kind of talk. Uh, kind of give me a brief history of the band for somebody who's been under a rock since 84. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, I play guitar in the band. My name's Trevor. Uh, uh, Donald and John and myself started the band like back in 84, actually. Mm-hmm. We were called Executioner at first, <laughs> and uh, we did a couple demos, and then we we got signed by Roadrunner in '88. Yeah. Uh, and part of the deal was to change our name because it was actually a thrash band, right? Or I don't know what they were sounding like. They were a band from Boston that were called Executioner as well. Yeah, yeah. We didn't even know about them, but they didn't want anybody to confuse us with them or vice versa. Sure. Yeah. So we changed our name to Obituary and put, put on our first record in 89 called mm-hmm. Slater Rod. So, and uh, whatever, here we are. And here you are, 400 man. years later, still yeah, doing well, it. <laughs> 40 years of just like playing, you know, yeah. with a small break in between. Um, yeah, here and there, a couple breaks. And so, you know, I ask all the, the guys that, and folks that I interview this question. When you were young, you were listening to your own metal and rock and roll. Was there this moment like where you were like, holy shit, this is what I want to do. I can do this for a living. I want to live this life. Um, a band, a video, right. a song. I probably, it's hard to pinpoint it, but I think the fr- one time I went and saw the band Nasty Savage in Tampa. Yeah. They're from Brandon. They're actually one of the guitar players lived in the neighborhood, but mm-hmm. I went and saw them play at the fairgrounds. Yeah. And I think that was the first time where I was like, this is sick. You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> yeah. I'd already see, seen some concerts before at that point, you know, like Iron Maiden and yeah. whoever. But some of the bigger names? Yeah, yeah, Dio and all. But when I saw them, a local show, mm-hmm. and how, because it was more intense metal at that point, right? I was like, man, this is fucking badass and this is what would be nice to do and I mean the whole thing of making a living of it was never thought of it was just like I want to play metal in a band and make a band I remember I started I remember I think I was in 8th grade or ninth. yeah and I said I'm gonna I think it was ninth grade I was like that's it I'm not cutting my hair ever again and <laughs> nice. I'm gonna start a band yeah. and I did that's yeah. when it started <laughs> like that, when... that summer or the next year actually and so that was obituary right there at that moment yeah. you didn't know it yet but... yeah exactly like over that summer it was the right. next well, I was in 10th grade and Donald John uh, actually buddy of our Scott Johnson mm-hmm. actually Scott Johnson Donald and me started jamming together originally yeah. and then it culminated into what we are eventually. Right. And now of course the Florida, you know, South Florida metal scene was was huge in the development of the genre. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, uh, I you know, I to me really we were all kind of just doing all like Chuck from Death, uh, yeah. the dudes from Deicide and mm. and Malevolent Creation, those bands. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, 
we, we were all listening to the same records, I think. We were all listening to, like, Slayer, Hellhammer, Possessed. Yeah. You know, and Maiden and Judas Priest and all that. And so I think, you know, like, a lot of people say that Florida's kind of started death metal. To me, I think Celtic Frost or Hellhammer's right. really the beginning right. of death metal to me. So we sure. were kind of a second, almost a second generation of it to me. Yeah. But it was so underground at that point, nobody even knew about it. You know what gotcha. I mean? Gotcha. I mean, literally, like, I, you know, Victory did a cover of Circle the Tires on, yeah. on our second album. And right. I met Tom Warrior after this many times, and last one of the last times I talked to him, he was like, "You wouldn't believe what you did for my career by doing that song because they weren't really doing much." You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. And it changed things for him. You know. Well, well dude, Which that's gotta so, feel not heady, but I mean, you know, it's gotta be fun to know that you influence people like that. No, that's great. Yeah, yeah that's awesome. Uh, let me uh, just kind of start with some uh, obligatory now. Uh, how's the the tour? I guess you can call it a tour. It's yeah, yeah. an eleven day jaunt. Yeah, it's just a short little run of B market, smaller markets, other than Nashville's actually. I don't know why. Mm-hmm. This isn't really a smaller market, but, right. but uh, no, it's great. I mean, this is our fourth show. Mm-hmm. We played it last night. We played in Alabama, which was the first time we ever played in Alabama. Right. Which is totally killer. It was packed. <laughs> Kids were manic. Nice. Uh, and we played Memphis one time before, like in 1990. So we yeah. played there again finally. That was pretty cool. Cool. But, oh. uh, no, it's great. What, what's it called? The East Coast Redneck? It's uh, a, yeah, the East Coast Redneck run. Right, right. <laughs> so now the second must ask. And I think we kind of know this, but let's just make it official. Who were your influences, and not just as a band, but like personally, you with the band and the instrument? Who who did you look up to? Uh, well, guitar players wise, I, I love like uh, Randy Rhodes from Metal is probably one of my favorite. Sure. You know, and uh, uh, Richie Blackmore, you know, uh, Maze, Jimi Hendrix, stuff like that. Yeah. Guitar wise, and they, and. Just music in general. I mean, like Ronnie James Dio was one of my heroes, big time. I yeah. mean, yeah. love everything he did. You know, amazing artist. Yeah, that's a pretty safe love of that music right there. Yeah. For sure. I mean, well, let me ask you this. There's a lot of uh, like, there's five million different genres these days, and and I don't find it important to name your music that kind of thing. Right. And my my co-host. Uh, Gomthog, I mean, he's kind of a dick about it sometimes, but the, he loves, you know, that's what he does. You think that's important, or? What, to, to label to, Yeah, genres? to label, yeah. yeah I, no, not really. Mm-hmm. I mean, I mean, because, like, you know, whatever people call us death metal or whatever. Right. And which, whatever, that's what we are, I guess. But, I mean, at the same time, we're a rock and roll band. We're a rock band, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah. Like, the way we perform on stage mm-hmm. and our attitude on stage mm-hmm. and... How we don't, and we're almost a punk band too because, like, I have a hashtag small rig. I don't bring fucking yeah. 12 cabinets. Right. I don't give a fuck. You right. know what I mean? Right. And uh, I wear black shorts on stage or yeah. camouflage shorts. I don't wear leather and spikes and, you know what I mean? Gotcha. Gotcha. And, and we're up there, we're having a good time. We drink whiskey and drink beer and smoke weed <laughs> and we're playing metal. Well, I guess it's yeah. rock. It's like rock. You kids in your rock and roll, man. Yeah, that's, it that's is. Awesome, man. <laughs> so like, um, now let's go a little a little sideways. I mean, your lyrical content has a specific uh, uh, tone to it, attitude, uh, a pattern, if you will. It, in today's sort of like clockwork orange society, you know, ultra violence. I mean, kids, do you find that your audiences are more intense than they used to be? Uh, no, not really. Okay. No, no, I think it's about the same. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, and, and what's funny is like the irony behind that all. Because like yeah. oh, years ago, especially, people look at metal and 
and they see the people slam dancing and yeah, stage yeah. diving and they're like, these people are violent, people get in fights. The funny thing is there's never fights at the shows. Exactly. The, most of the people who go to our shows, I mean, everybody's a little quirky, mm-hmm. no matter where you go, right. not even metal, yeah. but most of the people are well-rounded mm-hmm. people. I mean, that come to metal shows. Intelligent, they go, caring, yeah, headbangers. They, they go home and they're smiling because they just went and saw metal and they're happy. They don't... You go to a rap show, there's more violence than that. Oh, you know yeah. what I mean? Yeah. Big time. So, yeah. it's so it's the, the irony behind it is because our music sounds violent and it is kind of violent and this crowds get crazy, mm-hmm. but everybody's like really just nice, normal, easygoing people at the end of the day. You know right. what I mean? Now, you guys did a, a tour at the first part of the year, is that correct? Yeah, with yeah. Uh, Creator. Right, with yeah. Creator. And so I heard in an interview that you guys were seeing younger fans in the audience. And, oh, yeah. I mean, it, I don't want to ask you how do you explain that. I mean, the music is fucking awesome. But, like, I mean, do you find the appeal to the younger audience to be just as big as it was when you first started? Yeah, probably. Well, what, what I think is happening is because everybody who bought or who came to our shows back in the day. Yeah. They're all parents now, and a lot of those <laughs> are awesome. those are their children coming to the shows. You know what I mean? You'll right. see a fifteen-year-old kid with his forty-five-year-old dad who bought my first album. You know nice. what I mean? So they're bringing their kids to the shows. May have been conceived by some randy people that saw your show one Absolutely. night and had a kid, man. No, that's awesome. I can I can attest to that for sure. <laughs> I know some people. They said they conceived their child after our concert, <laughs> for sure. Yes. You, you inspire sex, even. That, yeah, that's uh, that's good music right there. <laughs> Sexy time. <laughs> that's awesome, man. So now I've, I've heard uh, someone in the band say in an interview that we're not a band. Well, I, actually, let me let me back up. Uh, can you talk to me a little bit about the writing process? Who's involved and how that works? Yeah, uh, mainly like when a song gets started originally from the get go. Right. You like I'll come up with a, a guitar riff idea. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'll be at the studio with Donald, our drummer, and mm-hmm. I'll go check this out. Or sometimes we're there already rehearsing, and I'll start playing a riff, and goes, "What's that? I don't know. I just made it up." And right. next thing you know, he starts playing a beat. Uh-huh. So we'll feed off that with each other. Mm-hmm. Uh, we have our own Pro Tools rig, and everything's mm-hmm. always mic'd. So right. At this point nowadays, like the second we come up with something, we're like, "Oh, that's kind of cool." So we'll go hit record, mm-hmm. so we don't forget it. Right. We might not even come back to it for a year, or maybe that week. Right. It's right. according to what time, what mindset we're in. Is if we're getting ready for a tour, we're probably not going to be writing music. Right. But like this new album last summer, we were like, okay, let's do this shit. And I had a bunch of bunch of riffs and stuff like mm-hmm. that, like I was just saying, that were recorded from like months and months. Right. We sat down and nitpicked all this shit together and made mm-hmm. it into a bunch of songs. You know? So is everybody involved in the process? It sounds like, or uh, just sort of. Well, from the get go, usually Donald and my, myself start the, the right. music, right. and then John, he'll be kind of. Once we get to a point where we, me and Donald, feels like this is a song musically. Mm-hmm. We'll record the whole thing for John, and he'll go down and try to come up with lyrical-wide content, and then he may come back and go, what do you think about trying this part two more times so I can sing right. this part again, or whatever, right? or vice versa, maybe this is too long, let's get rid of this, uh, you know, let's make this measure, like right. instead of having four, let's do two measures of it, mm-hmm. so we'll all go back and nitpick the structure yeah. together. And Does then, it ever get heated and tense, you know, you're defending your music, and... Uh, no. Well, sometimes, I mean, I'm really not looking heated. for controversy not, not or shit really like heated, that. Not I just, really heated, but there's times where we're, we're like, you know, are you sure we should do this? You know, like, there's times right. where we're, like, not seeing eye to eye on mm-hmm. maybe how many times we should do that, or I need you to do a fucking fast beat, and if Donald <laughs> yeah. wants to do, like, yeah. a double bass halftime or something, mm-hmm. so yeah. that happens sometimes, and then 
it always works out in the end, obviously. You know? So, I mean, maybe, I don't know if you can answer this, but like, what's the, what, what you would consider to be the best obituary song that sort of accidentally came together just sitting around in the studio one day? And... Oh, God, that's hard. I, it's hard <laughs> to say. I mean, there, well, not, I would like say it's our favorite best, kid. Maybe there. not our best song, or I can't, I don't have a favorite of anything, sure. but like on our last album, Ink to Blood, the one before the new one, mm-hmm. uh, the song Violence, which we did the cartoon video for yeah. the first yeah. one, that song literally we wrote, like I came up with the riffs, and we put down the structure. I mean, it was literally wrote that song in about an hour. Nice. And it's a very catchy hook song. Sure. It's yeah. like literally the whole crowd sings it. It's like yeah. the weirdest thing. It's like we wrote that song like an hour. Excellent. <laughs> you know I mean? Excellent. It was yeah. and that. That's rare. We yeah. don't really usually, like I said, we'll come up with some riffs, some progressions, and like I said, we might spend a month not even fucking with it, come right. back, you know, and it might take. Who knows? Hours to finish it. Sure. But sure. then you know that one song was weird. I remember going, "Damn, we, we finished that whole song like an hour. It's weird." <laughs> and John even had his lyrical ideas. He was like, "I, I know exactly what I'm going to do here." You know? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I've heard I've heard someone say that you you're you're not a band that puts a whole lot of pressure on yourself when it comes to writing. I mean, can you? Yeah. What does that mean? I mean, just you never we don't force it. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I, I, you yeah. can't force art. Right. You know what I mean, it just comes out of you or it doesn't. Right. You know what I mean? So. We know what we're gonna do musically because we know we we have our own sound or a thing right. that we do. So when it comes time to like we really need to get some songs done, we still don't force the issue. You know what I mean? Come down. Right. Uh, if I have a blank and like fuck that shit, let's just get high, drink a beer, and not worry about it. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Come yeah. back to it later. Excellent. You know? Excellent. So. Well, you know, there, there are like very few bands, since you mentioned art, there are very few bands that can do one thing and do it well and do it good enough to last. You know, ACDC, kind of Green Day for their genre, Slayer, you know. Right. And you guys seem to have found that niche. I mean, is that something that you consciously think about or you just kind of, it kind of vomited out and it, there it is? Yeah, it's just, just what we do. Yeah. You know, it's just... I, I, can't, I can't play anything else anyway. I don't know how. I'm not that great of a guitar player, to be honest. I, I just do what I do, and that's what I'm going to do. And people like it, and we like it too. We have fun with the music right. that we create. Right. And um, why fix something that ain't broke, you know? Yeah, yeah. So you guys are like, uh, I would, I would, what I would call generational metal. You know, you, you talked about, you know, the parents, and now the kids are coming to your shows. What what is the biggest change that you've noticed since 1984 till now? Uh, well, obviously the industry in general, like the whole selling a product is different. Right. You know what I mean? There's a lot of it's all this digital downloading and streaming, and, right? Which is pretty strange. Mm-hmm. Obviously, there's way more bands today. Oh, yeah. I mean, yeah. thousands upon thousands of bands compared to when we first started jamming together right. in our garage. You know. Um, uh, the crowds are the same. I mean, the people are just the same as always, as sure. far as like metalheads go. You know, right. that's the same. But yeah, I mean, you know, that's the main thing. Obviously, labels are starting to fade away because of social media right. and stuff like that. So, do, do you do you like the the turn that it's taken towards a more digital, more individual songs versus no album release? I, no, or? I don't like it. I mean, for me as as me like our band putting our fucking heart and soul into a whole sure. CD yeah. I, I want someone to buy the CD or a vinyl and, gotcha. and take that shit home and yeah. smell it and touch it because yeah. that's how I am I mean yeah. I've bought a lot of stuff like on uh, Google Play right. and I'll buy the whole album you know like mm-hmm. just recently on Amazon I wanted to get some old Rainbow albums I didn't have on the tour I was like oh if I buy this from they're like oh buy all three for 14 bucks and you get a digital download and they'll send you the CD so right. I bought right. you know but I like the product in my hand you know sure yeah. it's like and what's great that right now there's a big uh, 
what you say, uh, revolution of people re- buying vinyl. Vinyl, again. yeah, it's, man. Literally, it's like 20% of our sales. Yeah, it's which a, is killer. Fucking expensive these days, too, man. I mean, you buy vinyl, it's. You, you, but you yeah, because you're, you're paying for that sound. Well, and plus a vinyl, the the vinyls uh because tables, yeah. Yeah, well, a vinyl too though, like to produce one, like mm-hmm. to physically make the oh, product, yeah. it costs a lot more today than it did because the demand's so low compared to the yeah. 70s. You know, that makes sense. Yeah. You know what I mean? So supply and demand, so it costs <laughs> a lot to make only so many. So. Thinking back over about 40 years, you know, you guys have been together with this small hiatus in the middle of it. Tell me what sticks, and and I know that this is like a a huge question, you know, and so we, you know, 30% of your grade is participation, so don't worry about the answer, you know, just like what... What sticks out as kind of the the worst and the best thing that you had happen over those 40 years? Well, probably the best thing is that we're sitting here doing it, which oh, yeah. is just insane. I mean, this guy, he, <laughs> he, Rich is a buddy of ours. He's from our neighborhood. When right. We were kids. I mean, me and him used to jam together too. He plays drums and like, I mean, from the day you know we we're like little teenagers smoking weed in sure. the neighborhood. It's just insane that we're still here doing this. I mean, right. you know, right. I'll, I'll be 50 here in a couple of years, and I can't believe I'm. You know, I've been blessed to be able to keep very blessed and yeah. lucky and fortunate. Yeah, yeah. To yeah. continue to do this shit. It's amazing. Um, the worst thing, probably that I don't have eight million dollars in my bank. <laughs> I mean, really. You yeah. know what I mean? Right, and right. People think, oh, you guys got to be rich. I mean, we, we live okay. We don't, yeah. you know, but it would be nice to have just like financial freedom. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah. Whatever. I'm not going to change what I do to, to get that, though. No, you know what yeah, I mean? Yeah, yeah. I buy a Powerball ticket sometimes, so, <laughs> but, you know. So, like, as an artist, you know, you you hear bands a lot of times say, you know, we want to grow as an artist, you know, do you, do you think about shit like that, or does it Fuck just not? No. Yeah, nice. Fuck Good no. answer. <laughs> we, we create these paintings, you know, which are right. our albums, which... That's what we do. Yeah. You know what I mean? yeah. We grow every time we make a new one, you know? Because we, right. we get older. <laughs> hey. I got more gray hair now than I did ever. So. Hey, I'm the oldest dude in the room, so <laughs> I, I feel you, brother. Yeah, my hip's out, so. It's all right. Fuck you, young kid. Man. <laughs> um, so, what what is next for Obituary? Well, I mean, what, it took four hour, four years to get the, this last album out because you could take your time with it, is that right? No, that was Ink to Blood. That's right. Ink to yeah. Blood, yeah. We, yeah. Took a, we took a, we did that on purpose. We, like, we're not in a hurry. We mm-hmm. did a lot of touring. Right. And we took our time writing this the album, yeah. the music for Ink of Blood. Uh, right. Well, obviously, the new album, Obituary Self Title, came out in March. So yeah. we're just in the middle of working the touring. So, yeah. like, this summer, we're going to do a bunch of festivals in Europe, like nice. always. And, yeah. Uh, we're working on a tour for the U.S., like a co headlining right. uh, with Exodus mm-hmm. uh, for like. Uh, September, September, October. Yeah. So that should be happening. I don't want to spoil it, but it should. No. You know, yeah. We've been talking back and forth. We just toured with them in Europe. Yeah. Before yeah. this new album came out, so we all became real good. But we were already buddies anyway. But now we came really tight. And we're like we got to do this shit in America. So. And I, then uh, some other stuff in Europe again. We'll go do like a proper tour in Europe. I, I love the fact that your first self-titled album is the tenth one out. Yeah. Know, it's kind of like a. It was weird, like. Uh, when we were looking at ideas for the title mm-hmm. and we knew what the artwork was going to be, we were like, why don't we just call it Obituary? Look, it's just our logo is the cover. You know what I mean? It was yeah. like, yeah. fuck it. And we're like, no. It made sense. You know? Right. Well, where where can uh, fans get music and merchandise for Obituary? Well, if you go to our website, obituary.cc, mm-hmm. we have our own web store there. That yeah. We have a buddy in Tampa that uh, 
he sends all the orders out. Mm-hmm. Uh, we manage the site ourselves and stuff like that. Right. Obviously, you can go to Relapse and buy our album as well, yeah, or yeah. Fye yeah. and stuff like that. You know. And, but okay. uh, yeah, we've got all our merch up there too. Excellent. We'll definitely post that and promote yeah. it. That sort of thing. And tell me your first name again, sir. Rich. Rich. Well, well, Trevor and Rich, thank you for being oh, with us today, yeah. man. I mean, uh, uh, I can't wait for this show, man. I'm yeah, going to try to be up front, and yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm knock the hell out of them little boys uh, headbanging up there. We'll see what we can do. <laughs> if I break a hip, just take me to the emergency room, man. Hell yeah. All right, man. Well, for the Great Metal Debate, this is Brian and Trevor and Rich, and we will uh, see you later, man. Thank you, man. Appreciate it. When night falls to you